Welcome to another episode of our Brutally Speaking Live podcast mini-episodes. Uh, they're not really mini, they're just as long as typically any of the actual podcasts we do, but, you know, they're kind of a bonus episode, and we've kind of been having a lot of fun on our socials uh, doing these live things. Uh, the guest we had on this episode was James Shotwell, who is the host of the Holix podcast, uh, basically very similar to this. He goes and interviews a lot of the same people I do when they're here in town, uh, as well as doing interviews over, you know, Skype or whatever, very much a music interview based podcast and very recently Holix and James more importantly uh, started a new project the High Notes podcast which is a recovery music based podcast basically talking to musicians who are in the throes of their recovery through addictions and so forth Uh, the first season they just dropped a couple of weeks ago as of when I'm recording this uh, already launched they dropped all eight episodes so you can binge listen to those now and I strongly encourage you to do such uh, really great interviews and something that I really liked about the format is how different it is from everything. It's kind of like a, almost like a documentary kind of style where there's like a little voiceover, there's kind of more of a narrative that's kind of pushing the interview in addition to the interview clips you end up hearing. Um, so it's not really like anything you'll hear kind of in the music podcast space currently. And I think that's kind of what helps separates and differentiates it from everything else you're listening to and kind of puts more of an emphasis and focus on the serious nature of what the artists are talking about. Um, so if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. High Notes Podcast wherever you can find your podcast it is available uh first season dropped and they have guests such as tommy vexed of bad wolves burt mccracken of the use head from corn anthony green uh, circus survive which is a really great episode and actually the antithesis of how high notes came to be um But this was a really fun one. James had been kind of looking for different avenues to go ahead and promote the podcast. And, you know, obviously with him living here in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan with me, uh, just seemed like a no brainer to kind of add him onto the live thing we've been doing and having a lot of fun with. Uh, And, you know, just wanted to kind of give another platform for him to be able to uh, get this out to someone. As you'll kind of hear a story, uh, someone actually reached out to him within the first day of the show uh, dropping and, you know, that said that it has inspired them to try to get over being on heroin so obviously there is an importance to this stuff um whether you know you're listening to it just solely to to hear cool stories from people you're into or if maybe you're someone looking and seeking uh to get over your addictions yourself there's something there for everybody all that said i'm gonna get into the conversation uh but again this came from our our live series we've been doing over on facebook uh every wednesday typically around 9 p.m eastern standard time if you're checking this out as of when we're posting this, which is Wednesday morning, uh, come hang out with us tonight. We're going to be talking to Doc Coyle of Bad Wolves of the X-Man podcast. Uh, expect lots of NBA sports talk, uh, the Last Dance documentary, and who knows what else. Uh, these have been a lot of fun getting to have people come on that have been on the show before and just kind of having a more looser chat. And next week's live podcast that we're going to drop is with Andrew from The Ghost Inside. That was a lot of fun going over our top five new metal songs with Dan, Andrew, and myself. So if you didn't check that out, we're going to give you another opportunity to do such uh, and let us know in the comments what you're thinking of these, uh, what you, you know, checking out some of these other podcasts, checking out some of these live things. Uh, all of it is greatly appreciated. We're enjoying it a lot. And with all that said, let's get into the live from a couple of weeks ago with James Shotwell of High Notes Podcast. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Hey, what's up, James? <laughs> hey, I like your Godzilla poster. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It's kind of annoying. He keeps falling off the wall and like I'm using masking tape to hold it up, which is really crappy, but that's a pretty common print. So I guess if I ever screw it up, I could always like get it like, I don't know, beautiful looking. <laughs> I just I just picked up this bad boy. Hold on. Hold on. Here's a Mothra original poster up here. Oh, that's cool. And that one's gigantic. And then I have uh, 
on my desk here, not hung up yet. We have a, a Gamera versus Giron poster. That's awesome. So, <laughs> so you're right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, dude. I'm actually behind me. Um, I don't know if you can see it or not. Um, no, you can't. But uh, I've got a Desatroya and Godzilla <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. dueling it out on my desk for all eternity. Love it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think I've got that monster movie on VHS somewhere too. But <laughs> I, have to, I have to look through a bunch of boxes. I used to have all those kaiju movies uh, on VHS and slowly building the Blu-ray collection. Oh, nice. Is Are these boxes on the background from John Wick? What is happening? Yes. Yep. Okay. Parabellum. All right. Parabellum? Yes. Parabellum. <laughs> it's not, it's no. not a tool song. <laughs> you got to listen to it backwards. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the, there's a song on uh, Bridget, on because uh, Bridget likes being as an ocean, so she listens to that one record where they have that song that's backwards, and I'm always like, the fuck was the point of this? Like you can't like, it's not like it's a CD where you like people have CDs and you just listen to it backwards. Like you have to go to YouTube and find it. So you can hear that the way it's supposed to be played like frontwards. But whenever that, that album comes on, I'm always like, this album sucks. Yeah. I'm just also not really a fan of that band. I mean, tell us how you really feel. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you like slam poetry over, you know, I guess aggressive music. I kind of, I mean, I, I kind of do, but it's okay. I feel like I could take that Jonah Hill uh, <laughs> slam poetry thing from uh, 22 Jump Street and put it over one of their songs <laughs> and it would work. That'd be cool. Love it. Yes. So what's up? So uh, the whole reason we wanted to have you on is uh, you actually just released a new podcast. Yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday. How Feels long? Feels like longer. I was going to say, I know like in the interviews themselves, like, you know, you're kind of like saying like for reference points, you know, we did this interview in April, we did this one and whatever. How long had you been working on it? Um, we started pitching episodes in December and we started oh. recording in January. Wow. But a- they didn't all happen like one a month or anything. Like sometimes like, you know, Bert from the used, I think we, we pitched like a dozen times and we scheduled it in February and then March and then finally did it in April. So yeah, there's a lot of hurry up and wait involved. Such is life with a, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh man. It's, it's so funny how professional it all sounds. We started <laughs> pitching ideas for episodes and stuff. Dude, me and John are just like, Hey, we doing this tonight? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a much easier way to do it, for the record. So uh, <laughs> I think that you're onto something here. My my way is much more difficult. Well, you know, it perfection takes a long time. We don't really shoot for perfection, but um, mm-hmm. we do try uh, some some semblance of of professionality is professionality word i'm sorry dude i'm like really sick so (laughs) my brain is like totally not where it should be no you're good so i wanted really bad to have a show that had a uh, beginning and an end for my own sanity because i have another podcast that's (laughs) it's like 217 episodes deep and that's like too much for me I wanted to like, I wanted to be able to, I wanted to be able like right now, I mean, I'm pretty heavy in promotion for the next month probably, but like, I don't have to worry about recording a podcast for season two until like September. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just, I'm just chilling. 
and, you know, I got some offers. We have some guests, but I'm not recording anything right now. And me and the editor are both just taking our time. That's it must cool. be so nice to have an editor. You could just like send the thing to. <laughs> it yeah, is, it is super nice. It was honestly the the hardest part of the whole process. It was like I knew what I wanted the show to be. I was like I I could hear it in my head. Like I I have a reference podcast I always talk about called Boomtown. That's about oil refineries in Texas. It's super good. And uh, when I was listening to it, I was like, man, I'd love a podcast that sounds like this podcast sounds and flows like it does. But I don't have the patience to edit because I hate editing. So my friend Landon, one day we were in the car. Uh, pre-covid and he was just like i love editing and i was like oh buddy do i do i have an offer for you <laughs> you will be paid in so much exposure <laughs> yeah well no, i actually paid him i paid him real i paid him real cash money because i you know we used to do video when i was in blogging more i used to do videos uh back in the early days of youtube and all that jazz and my best friend was my video guy and he, and we would hang out sometimes and he'd be so annoyed with me and I'd be like what's wrong and he's be like I know that you're just now seeing me but I've been staring at your stupid face for 12 hours and I'm just like I'm I'm over it <laughs> and I was like oh okay so like for Landon I was like uh he's the editor I was like okay I got to pay this guy because he has to listen to my stupid voice for like six times longer than I do <laughs> Jeez, I can't let that get out that you're paying your editor. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm breaking the thing. I paid almost everybody on the show. Actually. No, it's it's cool. I just I, I just can't have my, my, my I can't have my guy beating down the door being like, Where's my money, Dan? <laughs> well if it helps, he, he he was like, Whatever you can pay me helps. So there you go. It wasn't a fixed rate or anything. <laughs> But also he does he does other editing. So I wanted to like I wanted to be the priority. I was like if I slide him you know, if I slide him a twenty, I can move to the front of the editing line. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, what's your question? Hit me. So, you know, listening to the podcast itself and you know, I think I still have one more episode to go. Um but something I was kind of wondering, because I know one day I had, I was like, I was like sort of near your house. I think it was either at Founders or uh, Tin Can. And I was like, yo, like pop over for a drink. And you're like, oh, I don't drink. And so mm -hmm. what was interesting is not necessarily that, but thinking about the podcast itself, what made you want to do a recovery podcast? How, where, how did you find your way to that idea and that concept? Is it something that you've experienced, you know, personally with some something, or was it more of like just kind of a peripheral thing that you've noticed in the industry since you've been a part of it for so long doing under the gun mm -hmm. and so forth? Yeah, it's a combination of things. I mean, when I was doing under the gun and in my heavy music blogging days, I definitely covered addiction to some extent, but what I, what really the, the, precipice for the show was that last summer I was hanging out with my buddy Anthony Green from Circus Survive in Detroit and one night I, I, before his show he was doing push-ups and I was just talking and I was like I'm, I'm trying to come up with an idea for a podcast that I could do that's like a season of something and then make more of them and uh, this, at the time I was listening to a show called The History of Stand-Up it's like the history of stand-up comedy there's two seasons it's fantastic and I was and I was talking to him about it and he goes you know it would be really fun to talk to people in recovery. He's like, well, not fun, but they always have good stories. So you should do that. And you should call it high notes. And I was like, that's a really good idea. And then like most good ideas, I didn't do anything with it for like six months. Um, and then in November of last year, Anthony relapsed because he himself was in recovery at the time. And when he texted me about it, uh, you know, I, I checked on him and made sure he was okay. And then afterwards I was like, 
oh, I guess we have to do that podcast now because, because we need to talk about these things, buddy. Um, because I realized like as somebody that I considered a friend in the music business, I, there's like this whole side of him that I don't know and I don't understand and I was concerned about him. And so it was like my two worlds colliding because as a journalist, I used to like be so hungry for the scoop about people on drugs. You know, like I remember we used to get emails from people that would see guys in bands doing drugs and be like, Hey, so-and-so is here's a video of so-and-so shooting up in the studio. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Um, but it was always like, it was like this weird tabloid journalism thing. I never sat right with me and then being concerned with Anthony. So I want to do this show. And then my beautiful partner, Brittany is in, has been in recovery for over a decade herself. And so I was like talking to her. Cause I was like, can I, as a guy that hasn't done this stuff, talk about these things and how do I do it? And she kind of pointed me in the right direction and did a bunch of research. And so, I don't know. It also just fascinates me because I feel like, um, <clears throat> We don't really, you know, there's two ways that we look at people that have addictions, right? There's there's the people that are uh, afflicted with this terrible disease called addiction who would be so great if it wasn't for addiction. And then there are people who are junkies that we all think will just deserve to overdose and die. And it's like this really weird two sides of a coin thing that exists. Yeah. And often the, people, the people that we feel badly about have the same exact addictions that the people that we are like, oh, but addiction's plaguing them. So I, I wanted to, you know, kind of like, even the playing field and be like, listen, they're all, they all have the same disease. It just affects all of them differently. And maybe if we talk about it at length, we could, you know, generate some empathy or at least some understanding and help other people, you know, feel that way about people in their own lives. Do you think that like in, in having these conversations and talking about these things openly, do you feel like that leads to like a certain level of accountability too? Um, cause mm -hmm. I would, I would assume that these, um, I, I would assume that these relationships obviously will last, you know, beyond, beyond just a conversation. Yeah. And, um, and so like, I, I feel like in that regard, you know, that, that, that's gotta lead to a certain amount of accountability there. Mm, yeah. You know, and it, it's interesting because one of the things that we talk about on a couple of the episodes is this idea that like, like when we talk about bad wolves, they have that big song right now called sober and Tommy's on the podcast. Well, when you write a song like sober, you basically open the door for everyone that likes your band to come up to you in the street and be like, Hey, let me tell you about my horrible addiction. Like, let me tell you about like hitting rock bottom and these terrible things that happen to me. And like, how does that make an artist feel? And, you know, for some people it's accountability. And for some people it's like this weight that almost drags them down. Um, but I think in the context of this show, hopefully, you know, it does generate some accountability, something that happened today. <clears throat> they haven't really talked about anywhere yet. I told, I texted John about it earlier, but I actually got an email this morning from a, from a woman who had already listened to the entire season, which, you know, bless her. Um, but she was like, you know, I'm a, a mother of two who's a recovering heroin addict and I've been having a really hard time. And then I heard your podcast yesterday. I listened to the whole season and it really gave me a sense of hope. And so I texted it to Anthony and a couple of the other guests whose numbers I have ready to go. And I was just like, Hey, look at this, look at this message that we got this morning. And they were all like, Holy shit, this is amazing. So I think it, I think it, I think you're right by like talking about it openly. It changes the kind of the dynamic of the accountability where it's not like you have to entertain me and be honest with me. It's more like, we just have to be honest with each other do you ever worry that like it's like like what what that toll takes on you getting getting all because i think the hardest part is that you know you put yourself out there and everybody mm -hmm. feels comfortable telling telling you their story um mm -hmm. does that take does that take any kind of like you know uh toll on you after a while 
Yeah, there's actually there's a there's a much rumored episode that we're not releasing from the first season that I recorded, and oh, yeah. just because it does just because it didn't work out with like the guest and what we talk about and like some of the things that they said, it just it just isn't re- fit to be released. But when gotcha. we finished recording, like the, the version, most episodes that we release are like thirty to forty minutes long, but the actual conversation is like seventy five minutes long, and this one was like two hours, and I remember. When, when I was done, I walked out into the living room and I was just like, I want to take a shower. Like, I just want to like, I just want to, I just need to like sit down and like decompress because of like, it gets really heavy sometimes. But the point of the show isn't to like make addiction exploitative. Like I don't, I, I, we, we usually tell some, there's at least one really horrible story in almost every episode, but I'm never like, so what was it like to shove a needle in your arm? You know what I mean? Like we don't, right. you know, we try not to make it like a, like a, uh, any, anything that's too over the top like that. We try to keep it too, you know, as, as comfortable as the guest will be. So that, that kind of keeps me from it. But it is it is heavy just to like, you know, hear somebody that I've always looked up to or that I've considered a friend tell me something about themselves that I've never known and be like, oh, I didn't realize that like you're carrying this. Right. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oof. Oof is right. Oof is right. Yeah. <laughs> I think something that like I've kind of hit on a couple of times on the show is, and, I, and I think you kind of said it to, I can't remember if it was Tommy or if it was Anthony, um, but sort of kind of touching on what you were saying where it's like, you know, you hit, you, you reveal yourself in these lyrics and so many people like identify with them and then they're just mm-hmm. coming to you and they're, and I don't punishing is not the term I want to use, but you know, they're basically coming up to you and unloading the, like, all their grief, all their burdens, all the, all this shit. And basically it's like, now you have to take that with you in addition to everything else that you have uh, going on in your own life. And it's like, that's so hard because it's like, imagine doing that for like 30, 40 days. And then yeah. it's like, what, where, when do you get to like kind of decompress from all that? I mean, it's like, you know, about therapists basically needing their own therapist because all they're doing is taking on and trying to work through someone else's problems but who who do they go talk to with their own because you know i would imagine it's very exhausting to have to go through something like that mentally Mm. yeah absolutely well the story i don't know if it actually makes the cut of the episodes but a story that i would use in conversations to kind of set up the question is that there's this there's this old story about when the wonder years were on warp tour they did meet and greets every single day and then one day a kid came up to them and was like you know thank you so much i love your band and then before they left they were like hey i want you to have this and gave the band the razor that they had been using to cut themselves and then the band stopped doing meet and greets like on warp tour because i wow. think i think you hit that breaking point where it's like you always know because people are telling you but it's a different thing for somebody to be like listen like i've drugged this through my flesh and now i want you to have it because you stopped me from doing it like that you know it that makes it almost too real in like the wrong way yeah so yeah. i kind of use that as an example and though none of the guests have a story like that Almost all of them, whether it's in the episode or not, were like, yeah, people tell us things, you know, because they do meet and greets before the show most of the time. So it's like yeah. five o'clock uh, before the Sleeping with Sirens show. And then Nick meets 20 kids and eight of them will tell him some horrific story about their life. And then he has to like go on stage and be like, everything's cool, rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. Well, that's like something I was kind of talking and really was the color morale when they put out uh, no hope where i started to feel like they were the first really to kind of 
I don't want to say buck the trend, but like, you know, it was Garrett changed his, his style of singing. It was more raw and real. Uh, it wasn't, you know, so processed and so forth and something he couldn't do night in and night out. But the, the interesting thing about it was like, you know, like lyrically, he kind of changed up a little bit more of what he was talking about on that record. You know, I could even, I think silver lining, I think uh, where he's talking about like literally the, the beginning of the song is like, uh, how am I supposed to write about hope with uh, catchy hooks and melodies to make you sing along? And then he's mm-hmm. like talking about how he tried to write the whole record before he even like wrote any of the songs. And, you know, it was seeing that record and seeing how it resonated with kids and seeing so many kids coming up to Garrett, especially Garrett. But uh, it seemed like after that, like that was kind of a shift in the scene where you just started noticing seemingly everyone was just like, oh, and I don't want to I hate to say that it's a trend, but it feels like it became the thing where everyone's like, oh, is that the thing we're doing now? We're talking about how fucked up we all are. Oh, OK, cool. Uh, I'm sad or I had a shitty childhood and, and let's make a video that kind of showcases that or whatever. And then it's just like, has it become a trend now versus has it become a trend? And is it doing a disservice to those that are actually trying to use their platform to get out this message as a result? Hmm. What do you I don't know. I think that that's a good question. You know, I've been you know, as a, as a adult scene kid these days, I think a lot about the vacuous nature of like late two thousands, uh, scene music. So I think there's this shift that happens in the early 2010s where everything gets like super emotional and then, you know, it kind of splits again. Like recently it's kind of split and there are some people that are like doubled down on being as real as humanly possible. And then we're seeing this other kind of tangent of music. That's like kind of going a little bit more superfluous again, where we're getting a little bit more silly and, you know, egotistical and braggadocio. I, I, I don't know that it does a disservice. I think there was a period where maybe it did, but only because like, I think we all have like a, like a, like a cup of how much we can take in terms of like, like you can only watch so many depressing movies or so many depressing TV shows or so many depressing songs. And at some point, like you need a band that's just like, why don't we not, you know, like, why don't we, why don't we just escape for a little bit? That's why like, I think some people go to like some of the bands, like, like an Attila band, you know, they come out of nowhere and they're like, you know what? We're not gonna talk about that sad shit. We're going to be like, let's, let's just party and have a good time and like escape our problems for a bit. You need, you need a balance. So if it does a disservice to the, to the movement of being more honest, I think it's only that sometimes it's too much of a good thing. Well, and if I could right into your addiction thing too, if I could throw my two cents into, I think without thinking of it as being a trend necessarily, uh, I think that there's an uncomfortable amount of people in the world right now that are hurting and we're hurting and we're hurting then. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard for the average person to car- like compartmentalize that. So like, I feel like much more people are, you know, like, cause I, I did a, uh, I did an interview, uh, I guess probably a couple months ago with Mike Perez of no bragging rights. And um, they're a band that's like very outspoken about like depression and suicide and, and, and things like that. And, um, and we were talking about how like, we were talking about like support exhaustion where there are so many people that are out there hurting, you know, and, and having issues, whether it be addiction or, um, or, or, or suicidal thoughts or, or, you know, horrible depression or, you know, in certain cases, a huge combination of all of those things. Um, and I think that, you know, you hear it in and out, in and out, in and out. And you, you, you do start thinking that like, Oh, well, it's got to just be a bandwagon that people are jumping on. Mm-hmm. Or that everybody's trying to say the same things because maybe that's what sells or maybe mm-hmm. that's, you know, but like, 
I think I think the reality is is that there's just an unfathomable amount uh, unfathomable amount of pain <laughs> that, yes. that, is, that is out there, and mm. um, I think I, I think the the party bands the the fun bands um, I think that they definitely serve a, a really good purpose in that too, and that you know it gives us a break from that support exhaustion and we can all just kind of have a good time. And, you know, at the same time, it also can lift, it can lift spirits of people because I think the hardest part about being real is that you can be super real, but eventually you're going to get to a point where somebody's going to hear that realness and maybe they identify with it and maybe they get a positive, uh, uh, like a positive resolution out of it. But I also find that, you know, when you're wallowing in your own shit, other people will wallow with you. So I think, mm. I, I think it's just an interesting dichotomy of like, I can be ultra serious, but I might also drag people down into my own pit with me, or I can be super happy and, and fun, but then, but then turn around and like, maybe seem like you're ignoring things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think, you know, there some people are better equipped to write catchy songs and talk about their sadness. You know what I mean? Some people are True. equally sad, but like, you know, they, they try to put it to pen to paper and it just doesn't work the same way. It's, it's a weird thing because there's, uh, you know, something we've been joking about internally at High Notes and stuff is we're all really into mindfulness and there's a lot of things that's like a lot of existence existence is learning to live with suffering. And it, you know, the show is kind of like about that. It's like, let's all talk about the fact that we're all suffering and how we can kind of make it a little less insufferable in a lot of ways, but you have to do it really well because I, I actually, you know, I review movies in my free time and I watched a film yesterday that was like about the same idea of like everyone is suffering and we're all going to die, but it was so bad. And I was like, I, I relate to what they're saying here. I understand where they're going, but like this, this artist, the storyteller doesn't have the gift to paint a good picture with this idea. It was like some people just have it or you don't. Hmm. What else you got, John hit me. Ah. <laughs> Him with uh, those hard questions. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was funny. You, you. I mean, it's it's sort of amusing because it's like it's this isn't your first podcast and it's not your first like foray into any of this stuff. But I did find it amusing that it was like the first day your podcast comes out and you get a headline out of it. <laughs> yeah, you made two hundred and seventeen episodes of the other show, maybe five headlines. First, yeah. I've gotten more, 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 at least reposted press releases in the last 24 hours and more messages from people that really related to the show and then maybe anything else I've ever done. But I've been saying in other interviews that I, I do think that it's the best thing I've ever made. So if, if, if it took all of this to make this thing and I, I really like this thing, like, you know, like something with the other podcast or any of my other stuff that I do, the YouTube channel, the blogs, it's like, it's work a lot. And this is work, but it's like work where at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, but this might actually help somebody. And it's not just me being a smart ass <laughs> or like me, you know, acting like I know what I talk about. Like in this, I definitely don't know what I'm talking about some of the time, but I rely on the guests and we have a few professionals in the field that I kind of bounce ideas off over. I'll text somebody in recovery and be like, Hey, we're talking about this right now. How would you talk about that in a way that people can understand uh, that haven't done that? Cause like going into the show, I was like, we're going to talk about cocaine and weed and alcohol and then like the first episode that we did like the first guest was like yeah so i was doing crystal meth at 16 and i was like ah oh, not prepared for this um <laughs> this is we're going way deeper than i thought we we're gonna go and i had to like go and do all the research on the topic and like learn learn it 
So, you know, whatever. What is, uh, you know, because obviously you were saying like, you know, you, your your partner has gone through this. You're talking about something that you've not experienced. What is something that you have found to be, I don't know if relatable is the word I want to necessarily use, but something that you have taken away yourself that you're like, wow, that's actually. So in the, in the chats and in the interviews and the episodes themselves, like you kind of talk about how there's specific uh, phrases that a lot of these people have kind of taken from their time in AA or uh, the various uh, groups that they've gone to for their recovery. And there's always like a phrase and you've kind of been like, Oh, you know, it's, they're so, they're so catchy because like there's yeah. so, there's just like full nuggets and it's like such a, like a throwaway sentence basically, but you're like, Oh, there's so mm-hmm. much like knowledge and wisdom in that. Yeah. What's something that, you know, when doing these interviews and hearing some of these stories and so forth that you have taken away that you weren't expecting to as a result mm-hmm. of these, I guess my biggest one, the one that I I'd never heard before, cause I've heard a lot of them. Um, cause sometimes you just don't realize that they're from recovery, right? Like one day at a time. Like, I don't really think of that as a recovery catchphrase, but it is, that's where it comes from. The idea of like every day you just decide not to drink. And if you mess up, then you just messed up today. You didn't mess up forever and so on and so forth. But for me, the one that I, I've kind of been obsessing over lately is the idea of taking care of your side of the street. So like I can't control what anyone else does or what anyone else thinks of me or the things I'm making or the things I'm doing, but I can take care of, I can take care of myself and what I'm doing and the people I care about as much as I can. And like focusing on that is enough because like my thing, I was talking to somebody about this today. I actually had a a journalist that I kind of like blocked me on Twitter earlier this week because they don't think high notes is a good idea. They think that it's, it's exploiting addiction to promote a podcast when in reality it's exploiting podcast to promote recovery. Um, it's, it's kind of the opposite, but they didn't feel that way. And they blocked me. And I was like, you know, I got this beautiful message from this mom who's like in recovery and like the show helped her. And I was still just like, yeah, but that one person blocked me because they don't get it. And like, why don't they like me? And it was like driving me crazy. And uh, I, I thought of that phrase today, like just taking care of my side of the street. I was like, listen, I made the best thing I could make and I really like it. And people seem to like it and it's going to make a difference in their lives. And even if I don't have another message about it, I received at least three today from people that were like, it really helped me and i was like okay like six months of work is worth it for, for to make that positive impact and like i can't really control the rest it's really weird to hear journalists um <laughs> think that like of doing a podcast is exploitive i mean isn't journalism i mean and this is just a general statement but isn't journalism to some degree exploitative by nature i mean not like and it doesn't necessarily i say exploitative. like i know that's like a negative way of saying it but like yeah it, there is a certain like you, you if you if you write something or you expose something or you um you know like i i just don't understand that like it is exploitive to a certain extent mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you would you would have to have that so i don't i don't understand how how a podcast is different than a, than than any other form of of, of journalistic media yeah, well, I mean, that's my whole point. It's like, okay, so what are the like? How do I talk about this thing and it not on some level be exploitative, right? Like, yeah, you can, you can be like, you can be like, it's bad. Everyone knows it's bad. The point of the podcast is to explain like why it's bad, like why, why it made these people's lives the way it did, and why they had to get better, and like why you should do the same. It's like we the only way to discuss anything at length is to be a little bit exploitative about it. Like we have to pick it apart, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, for some people, it's a touchy subject, and I respect that. You know, for some people, they just, you know, we got, you know, the, the Me Too movement right now. You know, there's a lot of people that are telling their truth, and it's beautiful, but there are some people who are like, 
you know, is it right that people share their story and then they get a lot of, you know, followers and attention and likes and all this stuff because of the platform they choose to share it on. It's like, okay, yeah, but the only way that we can work through this time is to talk about it. So you, you know, you gotta, you gotta accept that that's going to happen. Out of curiosity is in dealing with some of the stories that you're kind of like walking away from, like, I know, I know who you're referring to and the one that Mm -hmm. didn't air. Mm -hmm. Um, as you're going through that, have have you found that this has allowed you to connect with your partner in a completely different way than you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Sometimes I come out and I'll be like, hey, so today we talked about this. Or I'll, sometimes I'll, you ever say something to your partner and like you think it's profound and they're like, obviously. Like that's yeah. Yeah. that's how, yeah, and water is wet. I've had a lot of those moments where I've been like, you know, I never thought of this before. And Bernie will just be like, yeah. That's that's how it is. That's how it's always been since the dawn of time. You're just that is not new information. You're just discovering it right now. Um, but she's also been really helpful just because because it, it's one of those things that like even in talking to her, like I've known this about her since we met, uh, and in working on this, I, I would get to come to her and be like, hey, so I'm going to talk to this person, and here's what they've been through. Is it okay if I ask them X, Y, and Z? Like, kind of if I or if I want to ask them about this, how do I do it in a way that's not going to a you know like you know, get the wrong point across or be make them like be like oh you know what i actually really liked heroin i should go try that again like how do i talk to somebody about doing drugs without making them want to do drugs um so she's been really helpful for that so in a way it has brought us closer if only because i think it's made me better at communicating with her or maybe i just understand her better because i'm like oh you always are right yeah <laughs> you, you tend to know better <laughs> <laughs> She's not watching this right now. I know for a fact I checked, so I can say that. <laughs> uh, my wife's upstairs, so yeah, I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta proceed with caution on that one. Uh, <laughs> but I totally get it, yeah, because I say things all the time that are like, "Yeah, wow, did you ever think about it like that?" And she, and a lot, her favorite response is, "Yeah, I told you that." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, obviously, <laughs> that's what it is. Right. So it's, <clears throat> or, you know. And, and sometimes she helps me go a little deeper because I'll be like, I want to ask them this. And she'll be like, yeah, but that is like, that's a branch of the core of the thing that you want to talk about. So like ask them this and I'll be like, okay. And I'll be in the podcast and I'll ask it and it'll go really well. And I'm like, oh, damn, <laughs> you got this. You, she was right. And then I'll get, and then I'll give her credit after the fact. I'll be like, I didn't mention you, but know that I said the thing you told me to say. <laughs> Do you feel that? some of that is going to, and going through at least this season, do you feel that this will allow you to be, be better? Sounds terrible, but be, do you think the next season will be better than this one? Because you, you have this that you can build upon and know how to kind of work your way through the questions and so forth. Yeah. Oh, at least I know what I'm doing now. You know, like, like, like by the time we got to editing, I was still editing the head episode on Sunday this week um it got down to the wire which is just that's also just my character like I, i'm i'm a put myself into a little corner then i'll finish the project thing but i definitely was working on the head episode and i was like okay the burt episode was the first one we finished and that one took me like four days and the head episode i did in like a day and i was like okay i know what i'm doing now like i know where we're going i know i know the structure of the show i know what i want it to be and what what it looks like so i think so but there's also the idea of like i can't just do eight more of the same thing. So I've got to like, you know, we're, we're going to change it. So for season two, I've gotten a lot of offers. It's funny when you're pitching a show that doesn't exist, it's really hard to get people to say yes. And then once people know what it is, they're like, Oh, 
I have a lot of guests that you should do for this show. Um, and so I think we're going to try some things like this season. I was like, I want to get these people because I, a, I like them. B I know who they are for the most part. I, so I know I can talk to them and see, I, I just think that like, I want to kind of hit this very specific niche of people like 20 to 35 year old, uh, 20 to 40 year old people who are into alternative and hard rock music and may, you know, at least are around people that drink or do drugs or whatever it happens to be. <clears throat> but for the next season, we already have some classic, some more iconic rock or metal people involved. We have a, like a top 40 rock superstar involved and we have um, probably going to do a first foreign guest. Cause I got a really interesting email today that was like, why don't you have anyone from any other countries? And I was like, that's a really good point. Okay. I don't, I don't even know what it's like to do uh, all these drugs in another country, which is fascinating to me. So I'm like, all right, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's get a guest on the show. Who's from like Norway or Germany or somewhere. Yeah. How do you get, what's it like there? You guys have different drug laws than us. How does that affect things? You know, where, 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 how can we go deeper in this conversation, but still like entertain the core audience. So there's going to have to be somebody that's like a warp tour, you know, alumni in this, in the mix. But I think that once we've, now that we've established a show, hopefully people will just listen to it. Cause I didn't expect people to listen to the whole thing. The whole reason we dropped all eight episodes at once is I was like, people are going to say, I like head from corn. I don't know who any of these other people are. I'm going to listen to the head episode and I'm going to bounce. And that's certainly happened. I'm sure. But there's a lot of people are like, I listen to all eight episodes and I'm just like, really? <laughs> well, okay, I guess. Sure. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, that's cool, and that's got to be that's got to be hard, or just to 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 plan it all out to that extent uh, ahead of time, and not really be sure, you know, how it's how it's going to be received. Yeah, it's like yeah, because that's the also thing. I was like, did I? Because I I paid Landon, the editor, out of pocket. We made notebooks, which I foolishly don't have sitting here at my desk to show off. Um, you know, I paid for all the stuff that's part of the show out of my own pocket. Even though Holic sponsors the show, I paid for everything myself. And there was a time th- when I was working on it where I was like, we might get this out and nobody's going to listen. Or they're going to listen and I'm going to be so off mark. <laughs> People are going to be like, this is really bad. You did not do a good job. Um, but, you know, it's one of those, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're really into it, like I was really interested in having these conversations. So as long as we keep that excitement going and like the guests that we're kicking around for season two or that we've already talked to it's like oh hell yeah like let's definitely have these conversations which is a weird thing to say it's weird to get excited to ask somebody about the worst thing they've ever done it's yeah (laughs) it's weird to be like oh my god head i love the new corn album i love uh you know i love all the records but let's talk about you know getting meth shipped to you in germany like let's you know like let's get really weird let's really let's really di- let's really rip that scab open and just yeah and get in there uh, yeah. you- i honestly i had a conversation today where i asked a publicist i was like is this individual sober and they're like i think so and i was like they're like do you want me to ask and i was like uh <laughs> i don't i mean i'd like them to do the show if the answer is yes but if you can find out in a way that isn't so direct maybe i don't know it's, it's a weird thing to ask people totally well, and do you feel any amount of pressure, you know, doing this? Because obviously, obviously the first season, you know, is, is, is doing well for you. Do you feel any type of pressure to kind of like try to top the first season or is it more just, we'll kind of just take it how, how it comes? 
Well, that's the problem with guests, right? Because you get you get a few offers for a, a bigger guest, maybe, and while you're like, "Holy crap, it's blah blah blah," I'm like, "Well, is blah 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 really going to take the show further, or is it just like, oh, you're going to talk to that iconic, you know, addict about the thing that they've, you know, written books about and made movies about and made documentaries about and can be seen talking about this thing everywhere, or is the better move?" to find somebody like Anthony who's you know always written about his addictions but never really talks about them at length and getting him to talk about it at length and then like go deeper there because i think that there's there's advantages to both so that's the thing that we're trying to keep in check with the new season because like uh, on this season i would say that the least known artist is is Haley Butters they're an amazing independent artist and they run a great twitter account called this band fucks that i think more people know than know their music probably but they're <laughs> probably my favorite episode of the show because it's a con it's a story that i'd never heard before so when i'm talking to them and they're telling me about it i'm just like holy shit like i'm talking to what is essentially a stranger to most people and we're going this deep into their personal story and i think that's far more fascinating than if i were to get like david lee roth on the show and talk about van halen it just isn't the same thing to me yeah totally and you know i think i think personal goals like personal bucket list guests for me always come off as more important more so than like how well the episode's gonna do like there's always kind of a sense of that but like I don't know. Like it's it's so funny. I, I always joke with people that I like I I knocked all my bucket list guests off pretty quickly because um, all the bands I listened to were like so underground that they're like, holy crap, what do you want to talk to me for? You know. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know it, it it can absolutely be daunting whenever you get like that one guest. But then you'll talk to somebody that's lesser known, and it it, it you, you almost feel more like complete, like you did a good, like you did a better job with that one exactly yeah and i have a bucket my like i'm like you my bucket list of artists that i like are really obscure that i'm like i can't find them on facebook as like personal accounts and I, so i asked my friends like, yeah. Do you know what happened to the guitar player from the 1997 and there's like no nobody knows what happened to that guy and it's like oh, okay okay well maybe one day he'll pop back up <laughs> i get a number for his shack in the woods yeah 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 or you're like oh that guy's not anywhere you're like oh he's just he's just off he's just off the grid okay okay cool 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 cool. um and then the other side effect is that we made this show that is like really structured and has a narrative flow and like it goes somewhere and so you know obviously i have other ideas for like podcasts that are like narratively driven so there's a part of me that's like okay well now when do i start the other thing <laughs> how do i find time to do this and meanwhile Brittany is like could you just take like a week to enjoy this thing and i'm like yeah i probably should i probably should yeah that's my next question as a person that also has multiple podcasts um how do you prioritize um well the last two weeks i just did this but otherwise um you know inside music is is a cool show and it's fun and you know it, it's a show that's going on for so long that it's easy to schedule guests and if i want to do it we can do it but this is that's why we give ourselves so much runway so season two of high notes will be out in december we'll start recording in september and this time landon will be on board to edit from the beginning so as soon as we're done with something he can edit it and we'll just like chug them out we'll have a little bit more time to run with it because this time he didn't come on the show until april or may maybe and so by then i'd already recorded all the episodes and i had to like wait for him to like go through 10 hours of content <laughs> and right. get it all back to me. And like, he has a life. So this time we're going to be a little bit more involved in it together. And we're going to do some bonus episodes between now and then that we're already like recording. But um, yeah, that, that kind of takes a priority. Plus we feel like this is more important and luckily my job allows me to do them as the job. So I'll just, you know, if this does really well, 
we can get bigger guests for this show. So my boss is like, focus on the one that's going to have bigger guests. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit me, John. You're very quiet. Oh, I mean, this is what you do sometimes. You you know, when people are talking, you just let them go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Like I was listening back to the one I just did with uh, Tom, but like, I realized like, cause he just started a podcast recently but I realized like he, he can talk, but sometimes you got to like get him going before he'll kind of really get going and mm-hmm. talking at length. And so like, I was like, fuck man, I'm just, I'm talking so much, but I was like, but I could see verbally, like, he's just kind of like, yeah, uh-huh. And it's like, all right, I, I need you to like kind of pick up and get on something. So it's this weird thing sometimes like where you realize that's kind of the magic of editing at times, like where it's like, you can make people who maybe didn't say a whole lot, make it seem like they were more interactive. Yeah. And it's a, I don't know. It was funny. Like when I listened to the first episode, I was like, Oh, Oh wait, it, you don't actually hear you asking any questions. <laughs> like that yeah, was kind of yeah. interesting. Like I was like, Oh, that's I'm not used to that. It's like, it is an interview based podcast of sorts. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's more of a narrative thrown in, mm-hmm. in it as well. And I was just like, Oh, like that's an interesting way to, to, to do a podcast. I guess. Like, <laughs> I, it wasn't what I was expecting, but like it kind of did make me wonder where it's like how often, like, cause Dan and I, Sometimes we'll talk about like, okay, like what's the format? Okay. Like we talk the episode. Sometimes we deviate. We don't talk about an episode. Um, like there's an episode. I think I sent it to you. Um, it's one that we haven't been able to air because a publicist was like, nope, yeah, nope, you, nope, nope. Yep. Yep. It was like, yeah, you can't put yeah. this out. Um, and it, the, the sad part is, is it's not because like it was them trashing someone or whatever. It was because of how raw and honest they were about something that they went through. And then as a result, Dan and I like opened up on the outro for it. Like it's, it's a long episode, but it was like one, when we were done, like I remember just being like, I think this might be like my favorite episode we've ever done. Like, I can't wait to put it out. <laughs> and then it was like when I sent him the, like the text I got from the person where they're like, yeah, some management and like everybody's like, yeah, you can't put that out. Or like, I'll, I'll basically get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. And I, I wanted to be like such a cavalier, like put it out anyway. They can't tell us what to do. Da, 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 da. But then like, I don't want this dude to like get in trouble. You know? <laughs> like, Yeah. It's uh, yeah, no, I, I purposely didn't want there to be questions in the show. I mean, again, this goes back to loving this podcast boomtown, which I, I feel like I should get an advertising cut for at this point for how much I bring, <laughs> bring it up, but it's a podcast that I had no interest in, right? Like I te- podcast about the Texas oil fields has no, nothing that interests me in it. But I listened to the first episode, which is all about how there's a stretch of highway in Texas where like 80% of the car accidents in Texas every year happen on this stretch of highway. And I was like, so hooked. And the guy probably interviews four or five people every episode for the most part. And I don't know that he ever asks a question in the narration, but he just beautifully weaves all these narratives together. And I was like, I want to do that. Plus when I, when you hear me ask questions, it's always like, Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, well, on that note, uh, blah, blah, blah. And this way I sound like I know what I'm talking about from the very start. Like <laughs> I can just kind of cut in. And plus we can add quips like in, in the bird episode and in the Anthony episode specifically, there's a lot of parts where I interject with like lessons from recovery, or there's a, there's a few metaphors thrown in there to like kind of elaborate on what we're talking about, because I feel like there's a lot of people who may be young that are listening to these episodes that don't understand the concept of one day at a time. So I need to take a minute or two to like talk about what that means yeah that's uh that's something i should try i'd probably sound a lot smarter if i didn't if i heard less of myself on an interview 
it's it's frustrating because you have to listen to yourself the first time and then you'll be like, Oh, I sound like an idiot. And then you have to cut out your audio and then and then come up with what you're gonna say instead and then do that like thirty times because now you're like, Okay, well if I'm gonna inject the narrative, it has to sound like I know what I wanna say. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's mostly just been me in a closet. Um, we built a recording studio behind me here in this closet um, where I do all the podcasting and all the video stuff and it's all soundproof, but it's mostly just me sitting in there by myself screaming profanities in between hitting record and delete. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's something. I don't know if it's awesome. Just got to record it. I'll put it to music. Yeah, one day I'll put out all of the all of me being like, blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> One day, one day, uh, my mic. One day, uh, one, day one day, yeah, one day at a time. One day, the stuff on the 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 shelf that we keep stuff on above, where I record for extra soundproofing, collapsed on me mid recording. So it was like, plus so it was like, and then one day at a time means crunch, 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 crunch. Uh. <laughs> good times, good times. But I think there's like 950 narrative edits across the eight episodes or something like that because it wow. takes a long time. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about doing this recently, because like, you know, I, I think everyone kind of has like the same. I mean, I'm sure you hear it all the time. Oh, I'd love to. You always hear the I want to be on a podcast. Can I be on your podcast? And you're just kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not really at the point where like that's what the podcast is. So sorry, but no. Um, but the thing is, like, you know, I always hear, you know, Kevin Smith and, you know, Mark Marin and all them are like such proponents of like, oh, I just started this thing. Just start your thing. Like, and then eventually you'll be like, oh, I'm hundreds of episodes in. And you'll be surprised at who you've had and some of the conversations you've had with people that are just like raw and real. And that's why I kind of like like doing this with Dan now, where it's like we record the intro and outros that we you'll hear, but you can see it, like us doing it on this thing. And like I was fucking up. I couldn't remember the bean bastard. Like I was like, Oh, our sponsor last but not least the, and I couldn't remember it. And then I did that same thing you were just saying when I was like, Oh, it's brutally. And I'm like, no, what the fuck? No, it's not. And it's like, you can see me fucking up. And I think that's funny (laughs) because you can see me struggling. And like a lot of times and Dan will see this all the time. We're like, I'll just close my eyes and I have to like kind of get in the mode of like, okay, and this is the the jingles and this is how we, we end everything and so on and so forth. Like you kind of fall into your routine, but I think there's something to be said where like, that's one of my favorite things about Marin. Like when he does his intros and he'll just be like, like on the recent one, he was talking about uh, something. And then he was just like, okay, is everyone good? Are we all good? Are you not good? It's okay to not be good. Just take a deep breath, let it out. And then he starts doing that. And you can like, because his, his girlfriend uh, died recently. And so like, you hear him just kind of like on the verge of tears and he's like, Oh, I'm trying to hold it in, trying to hold it in. And then like, you, you kind of are going through this with him and I'm just like, ah, shit. And to me, it's like, I love that there's these weird ebbs and flows of their real life thrown in this. And to me, it's like, I'm going to edit me fucking up. I'm not leaving that in, but Mm -hmm. I like the fact that we're kind of being a little bit more transparent and showing that it's like, yeah, you hear the thing we do. And it sounds one way, but this is how we get it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big struggle for me is like thinking about the fact that like when I'm talking, I don't ever think about like, oh, I'm on this live video or uh, I'm we're recording a podcast. So I need to like watch what I say to make it easier for my editor to edit what I'm saying. Um, and I can usually tell by like the really angry glances that I get. 
Um, but like, it's, it's really hard. Cause like, I'm still as many podcast. I mean, God, I've probably done like what? 400 podcast episodes at this point. And it's, I still am like, uh, well, um, Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like all of that stuff. And, uh, it, it's, it's it's ridiculous to me the amount of people that have put in time and effort to like make me actually sound good on a finished product. Like I try not to think about it because then I just feel bad and it just makes me want to quit. <laughs> That's why I have to pay Landon. And I thought about it too much. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, I uh I don't really have much else to say. Like it was kind of like I said, like I know you were trying to find different avenues. I didn't know you're doing so much press first and foremost, but uh, uh, I'm trying really hard. I'm doing I have a podcast scheduled at the end of August. I when I reached out to them to see if I could do I there's a show that I wanted to do that's in that's about movies, but I wanted to do it and they were like, I can get you in at the end of August. And I was like, Well, I guess we do press until the end of August. So that's the new goal. Well, it's nice that you have people who, in theory, want to talk to you about this thing. Like, no one's beating down our door to be like, hey, so like your show. (laughs) Well, that's right. So so here's this is a benefit of doing a structured eight episode series is all of a sudden it seems more like important. It's like a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's an event. It happened. It's out there. And people send me messages. And I actually got an email today where someone was like, I can't wait for season two. And I was like, I haven't even started working on this took six months you listen to it in one day this is how netflix feels when we're yeah, like we're no, straight with it <laughs> i'm currently in the the process and like so many people are like oh this idea i mean it's it's not a fresh idea like it's i can think of like five other podcasts that i know exist that are on the crux of this but i uh my next thing is and dan's already kind of started but like his idea and the way we're going to do it is totally different but i've decided for the next podcast because i it's so much work. Like right now I was like, Oh, we should do stabbing Westward tonight. And then we can get done with uh Michael from volumes. And then I was like, fuck, I'm not done editing that episode. So like, it's not even like, ed- like I don't want to like talk about it. Cause like you and I might talk about something and then I'll edit it out. So like, I don't even want to do that. Yeah. So Like now it's on me. Like I got to finish editing it. And then I have like two or three other ones that I haven't even touched yet. So I'm like, Oh shit. Like, now the pressure is kind of on me to get back to the the point where like everything's done and all I got to do is throw the intros and outros on it. And then it's a real easy process, but doing all of that, it has informed me that the next podcast I want to do, I want to do a season. And coincidentally, I want to do eight episodes a season. It's going to be formatted. <laughs> like it's going to be a movie based podcast, breaking down each episode per different things like directors, cult classics, you know, comedy horror or whatever. Um, and then I've even picked the movies to start it. And the crux of mine was just like, cause I, I wanted to try to do something more interactive on here uh, because with so much streaming or not streaming, but a lot of like the, the watch videos and so forth, I wanted something that people could kind of participate in in real time. And so the mm-hmm. idea was to kind of do something sort of like uh, Doug loves movies or how did this get made where it's like, or even uh, some of the other podcasts that like watch movies. But uh, recently, because I've had issues with like sleeping and, you know, uh, some like back problems and so forth, like, I at 36 have finally started to be like, well, let's try this weed thing. Let's, let's see like if I can shut my brain off because like for a lot of people like myself, I just, I'll go to bed. And as soon as I'm in the dark, I'm like thinking about something. And then my mind will like take that. And then I'm like, Oh, well let's go over here. And then it's like, well then let's go over here. And then like the next thing you know, you've been awake for like four hours and you're like, shit, I got to wake up in like four hours. Can I go to sleep? Will I get enough sleep? Will I oversleep my alarm? And then you start going down a whole nother rabbit hole. So for me, it was like this thing where I was like, let's give this a try and see how this works for me. And for me, it's something that really allows me to just chill 
pull out, be present in the moment of what's going on, and then actually get a pretty much uninterrupted like eight hours of sleep. And I'm not <laughs> saying that's for everybody, but for me, yeah. it's something that works. It's a natural remedy, uh, depending mm. on how you feel about it. But the thing I also realized that's been kind of fun is like I wanted to do that where it's like you just get high and watch movies, and I call it highly entertaining. <laughs> and then you basically provide a commentary for the movie you're watching. Smash cut to two years from now when John is on High Notes season four talking about this, this day in question, or like I knew that things were coming off the rails. Uh, it's okay. Well, I mean, that, that's kind of the funny thing, too, though. Like, that you know, something of why I kind of also wanted to have you on because, like, you know, I've talked about how we've been passed over for, for guests, you know, and even Dan today was like, oh, like there's been someone I've been going after somewhat at least once a week. Yeah. We keep getting these uh, email blasts like, oh, someone so is doing this thing and here they are. And if you want to interview them or whatever, like email us. And then I do. And they're like, oh, sorry, that person's not doing anything. And you're like, OK, and then the next week they're on your buddy's podcast. Like you and can then, tell they did it the day you sent the email. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a thing where for that, like it just kind of turns into this thing where it's like. You know, in some instances, like, you know, we had Tommy Victor from Prong on and he was like, you know, I was kind of worried about doing this. Like, and I was like, oh, and I said it in the episode. I was like, oh, me with the big ego. I was like, oh, it's because I must have, like, I think we had a, I think we actually had head on recently. Like that was the episode that had just dropped. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, oh, like this is a bigger podcast to get these kind of people. Like maybe he doesn't feel he's on that level. And then he was like, no, like your, your show is about drinking and I don't drink. And then I was like, oh, fuck me, man. Like, first of all, what an ego blow. Like, I'm such an asshole. I was like, oh, it's because, you know, you're I the show's so big. And then it's like, no, it's because of the name. And then I was like, ah, OK, so now I get a quick damage control. And I was like, well, I mean, that's not really the crux of the show. Like, that's just something the co-host and I do on either end. But like the interview is a, a totally separate entity. And more or less, it's a it's a fun play on the name of like being brutally honest and having honest conversations with people, which is something a lot of people tell me that, like, I'm pretty good at getting out of people. And so it was kind of just a, a play on all that, but it's kind of shocking, you know, to me that we still experience this, that where it's like, I can send you countless episodes where it's like, that's not the thing we talk about in the interview. That's not even the crux of half of what I do. And even the few times it is, it leads to a really interesting interview. Like, you know, talking to Danny, AKA Amigo, the devil. And I was like, Oh, you used to be a brewer. You also used to be into like, you went to culinary school. How do, how do some of those things that you've done, how do they apply to your songwriting? It's like, I find a way to like kind of introduce it in a completely different facet other than being like, so you like getting ripped and you just came up with this song one day, like when you were hammered off your ass and picked up a, a banjo, like it's not like that. And I think at times it's, it's, it's such a bummer to know the work that we put into, or at least me, like Daniel attests, like I'll usually come with a shitload of note, like notebooks and questions and, you know, spend all this time preparing. And then it's like to have it be relegated to something as simple as, well, it's a drinking podcast. And it's like, but it's not. And it's really frustrating to have people it's do not. that. So I was like, it'd be kind of nice to, you know, have you on and, and showcase, you know, like Dan and I can actually have a conversation about something as serious as, as <laughs> sobriety and recovery and so forth. And that it's, Maybe that our show isn't what people think it is. Maybe. Oh, and you On did game it. And game. What was that? I said, and you did it. Here you are. Here we are. Yeah. That conversation. I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> um, no, it's it's honestly it's been really fun, and um, I think that the future of I think all good podcasts now because like now that I've done this and I, I've realized that I have this love of seasonal podcasts, I've really started to feel the, the stress of the weight of all the other podcasts I like. Like I enjoy Rogan and Mark Marin and your mom's house and two bears, one cave. And that alone requires like 
12 hours of listening a week and it's just too much. So give me like eight episodes and let me get on with my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think my, I mean, just to, since I try to give something fun and exclusive in every episode of or podcast interview that I do recently, my thing for you is that I think the next thing that we're going to make when we're not doing high notes season two is that we're going to try to do a podcast limited series. That's the story of victory records, 2000 to 2010. Um, that's, that's an idea we've been kicking around for a long time and we're going to do it as a book. And then we think that people don't read books. So, so, um, there's, you know, now that Victory's been sold, the catalog is owned by somebody else, and Tony has a new label. I think I can get away with it without him suing me, because uh, he has no rights to it as long as I don't defame him, which I probably will. And uh, we, we, I've talked to a lot of people at a lot of record labels that have worked for him, and you know, most of the bands that were on Victory for a long time, and everyone's on board to talk about their experiences. So, I think that that's that's the long burner, probably ten or twelve episode. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be like a labeled podcast. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Yeah. Right. No, it is. Every time I talk to somebody, like my, I always say that, like, my, um, my currency in the music business, more than money and more than like bylines, like, give me your victory record story. Like, that's like, that's the thing that I collect, like Pokemon. I'm like, just tell me, <laughs> tell me a wild story. <laughs> um, and I've been in meetings with like, EJ that owns prosthetic records or Vince from metal blade or um, even working at like indie labels where I'll be like, Oh, I'm people will sometimes be like, what are you working on? And I'll be like, here's this idea I have. And every time their eyes get really wide and they're like, here's the story. And then here's the next person you need to talk to. And I'm always like, Oh yeah, just tell me everything. Just lay it on me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just lay it out. Cause it's fascinating. It's, you know, it's the story of a record label that changes everything for alternative music while also destroying countless lives and, you know, screwing people out of money. It's like sex, drugs and rock and roll turned up to 10. Right. And, uh, with a lot of eyeliner. It's like, it's just so good. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my, uh, that's my exclusive for you is that that's what we're doing. Hopefully next. Oh, good luck with that. Definitely be looking, yeah. definitely be looking forward to that. Yeah. 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 I think we're going to call it, I think we're going to call it when we, um, victory? Uh, no, that no, but I think we might call it when victory ran the streets. Cause they used to say we run the streets. Yeah. 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 So, so when victory ran the streets, um, something like that bulldog ears, who knows, but that's what we're, that's, that's the next thing after high notes season two. <laughs> Well, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, exclusive. Way more adventurous than I would be to tackle something like that. Like that would be something I would. I actually feel like I'd rather read a book about that than hear a podcast yeah. personally. But well, I'm, I'm weird. And, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll transcribe it for you. <laughs> well, you just blew my idea out of the water, which was uh, I've been talking to some buddies of mine about just doing deep dives on specific record labels, but not like what you're doing. We're telling the actual story. Um, mm-hmm. Because really, I'm all, all I really am is a is a is a uh, opinion guy. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, me me and my buddies were thinking about sitting down and doing like <laughs> yet another podcast of just like picking a record label like Trust Kill or something and going through all of their releases in chronological order. Um, I don't even I don't know if that's an episode. I feel like that's like a five or six records per episode kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or else we would never get through it. We would get burned out and never want to do it again. 
I would absolutely do that podcast for Ferret Records because I feel like we don't people don't recognize what Ferret did. Well, I mean, look at what they've turned into with Good Fight, even. Yeah, yeah. many arms they have under that umbrella. Yeah, um, no, those are great. The podcast I'm doing at the end of August, I love their idea. It's uh, every episode the guest has to pitch them a movie, like an original movie idea, and that's oh, nice. That's the plot of the show, and I was like, I love that. Give me that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, where right. can everyone find the podcast? Um, somehow we own High Notes Pod everywhere. So um, I, it, there's a lot of High Notes podcasts on Spotify, but ours is the one that has my name next to it. But it also has a really cool logo made by Nick Farron. Let me just give you the whole spiel. High Notes Podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram by looking up High Notes Pod. There are eight episodes. They're all out right now. There's also a playlist on YouTube. Season two comes in December. I host it. It's presented by Holix.com in partnership with Heart Support and the Global Recovery Initiatives Foundation. The show is edited by Landon DeFever. The theme song is by the band You Mean Everyone We Know, and the artwork comes from the great Nick Farron. And uh, yeah, the show doesn't make any money. It's a nonprofit uh, venture where we just want to help people. And uh, if you follow us online soon, you can have a chance to win one of our notebooks because we're just giving them away to people who need a way to journal out their experiences. Awesome. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your night. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you probably tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow? I thought you were going to be like in about 30 seconds. Maybe. Uh, All right. No, that's fine. I have to go take the dog out. So this is perfect timing. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Yep. Have a good one. Take it easy. Yep.